0: This episode of Help, I'm a Children's Pastor is brought to you in part by DrawYouAPicture.com, where you can get just about anything drawn for pretty cheap. Check it out today, see what I've done for others, and see what I can draw for you at DrawYouAPicture.com. This is Help, I'm a Children's Pastor, Episode 7. Hey, how you doing, folks? This is James Kennison, children's pastor at uh, Suncoast Cathedral in lovely St. Petersburg, Florida. This episode of uh, Help on a Children's Pastor is brought to you uh, May the 29th. So it's a Sunday night, and uh, Sunday night's over. Sunday is over, and uh, boy, what a Sunday it was. You know, I'd like to introduce you to my personal journal. It's It's an audio journal. It's called The Gospel of Kennison. It's kind of an inside joke for people that listen to some of my other shows, but uh, you can find it at gok.nlcast.com, gok.nlcast.com. I'd like for you to listen to episode 31, I think is the one. Yeah, 31. Uh, And you'll hear about my Sunday. It was really, really good. My daughter, six years old, stood right beside me. And was my assistant pastor for different reasons. I'd love for you to check it out. I'm not going to go through the whole thing here because I just got through recording that and it feels kind of dumb to tell it all again. But I'd love for you to check it out. Write a give over there, episode 31 of Gospel of Kenneth, and look it up in iTunes or on your phone or go to the website and click on subscribe. That'd be awesome. Anyway, welcome back. It's been since February since I've done one of these, and I appreciate those of you that are still subscribed, still hanging out in there, waiting. Those of you that sent have sent emails said, hey, is everything okay? And the truth is, yes, everything is. But just like anything, when you move to a new job, um, you got to learn it. And you got to learn balance, and your job changes, and you got to get everything laid out right. And that's what the last few months have been about for me is figuring out balance between my family, between my ministry, and between my hobbies. Because at the end of the day, yes, you could argue that help I'm a children's pastor is a ministry, but it began and it will stay at the level of a hobby. Because my ministry is ministry to children, um, and my first ministry obligation is to my own so until i got all that squared away i had to say podcasting be gone and slowly been ringing them back up one at a time so uh i'm glad i was able to do this one god said it was okay so anyway so yeah episode seven and uh may 29th 2011 sunday afternoon sunday evening nighttime it's 10:40 outside what the world but it's hot it's 85 here in florida Today we're going to be talking a little bit about everything. And you're going to have to deal with me um, because it might be a little scatterbrained because I decided to do this tonight. I really wanted to do it instead of trying to plan it all out. And because of the hot topic that I've been dealing with lately, I really wanted to share my thoughts with you guys. And the the topic is letting someone go. And now that sounds like firing someone. I'm not talking about firing someone. I'm talking about when somebody comes up to you and says, Pastor, or whatever your title happens to be, Um, I, I feel like God's calling me away and it could be to the choir. It could be to outreach ministry. It could be to nothing. It could be to another church. Um, I've seen every different way of, of pastors responding to that. And I got to tell you about my favorite method and that is simply letting them go. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that, and then I've got some uh, responses and stuff from the website and some emails to read. Uh, so we'll get all caught up and get ready to put this show out here at least bi-monthly. That would be really awesome, and if not that, at least once a month, like it used to be. Okay. Um, recently, I've I've had to say goodbye to a, f- a couple of folks. Now these were the people um, that they're a young couple. They've been working with me since I started. And they were here before I was, um, about a year ago and a year and a half now, but they came to me a couple months ago and said, uh, pastor James, we are being called by our former youth pastor to help plant a church here, uh, you know, in the next city. And we've really prayed about it and we're going to go now. This, this wasn't a, a situation where they wanted me to pray with them or ask my permission or anything like that. They just, they just came up and said, we're gone. And. I have learned because of my mentor, David Godbout, that you do not pitch a fit when people can't work for you. You know? Who gave them to you in the first place? God. Who do they belong to? God. So when you give them away, who are you giving them to? God. If you're trying to keep them to yourself, if you're trying to make somebody feel guilty for not staying, if it puts you in a bind, all that is selfish and self-centered. Okay? And... You know, if you're like any children's pastor, you're, you're, you're tight as it is. But the funny thing, I heard somebody say, and I can't remember who it was, but they said, when we think about the future, for some reason we never think about the future with God involved. We always think about the future if our situation remains unchanged. And it's so true. So some people, when they have this couple come to them and they say, we're going to leave, the, these people worked my junior church. They were the leaders and pretty much the only people up there with 19 kids going nuts And they're leaving me. I don't even have enough people in my group to spare to go up there. I don't have anybody in mind to replace. You know, a million different things go through my mind at the same time, just like any normal pastor would. You, you get a little bit of panic, but I've learned to look them square in the face and say, "What can I do for you before you go? Is there anything you need to learn? Is there anything I could train you for?" And I said, "You know what? I'm going to get you out of Juniorville uh, before you even go." I want you to come work directly with me and I'm gonna teach you and train you. We'll, we'll have sit-downs after each service and I'm gonna send you. Do you guys need curriculum? I got leftover curriculum. I'd love to give you. And and their eyes just got bigger. These are all the things we were gonna ask you. We wanted to get out of Juniorville as soon as possible, blah, blah, blah. And I beat them to it. Hopefully mostly because I know. I know what they want. Been in their shoes. Um, but also because I believe you can't outgive God. And God has given us so much. And if you truly believe that, any person that you've had for any amount of time was a great blessing. And so when it's time for them to go, how dare we pitch a fit? Does it benefit us? No. Does it benefit them? No. All it does is burn bridges. And I'm going to tell you this. I have let people go over and over and over and over and over. And 50% of the time, I get them back later, especially if they're just going to go chill. They need to refresh you know, you hear that sometimes. Some people actually do mean that they need that, and they do, they're do. they not just copping out on you. They Maybe they've got some secret sin that their wife's found out. They've been looking at porn online, and they're like, I can't do this, but I can't tell anybody, so I'm just going to use this general excuse that I just need the Holy Spirit to pour into my life for a while, I'm going to sit in service. Some people really do mean that, and they, they want to go, and they want to do that. So you need to let them go. Um, but, that, but 50% of the time, I get them back. 100% of the time, I will tell you if I'm faithful, and I give them away, God gives back. For every person I give away, if I start praying and really believing and just saying, God, you know, I trust you, I trust you, I trust you, and I just silently trust and and I I really, really act my way into good feelings about it (laughs) because I got the panic everybody else. got. I ain't perfect. I will just tell you 100% of the time God gives back a minimum of three people, two or three people for each person that I let go. And sometimes I just let go of workers and they never come back. Okay. We never hear from them again. That's fine. they They pop up in the choir six months later. That's fine. Other people I give and they come back stronger, refreshed, and they never leave. They never leave again. And they become so integral. This has happened. This is not me just talking. This has happened. And then there's other people I give away because they're getting married to a man that goes to another church. And they become this awesome children's pastor under his ministry because he happened to be a pastor. Another person I gave away. And they went to become a senior pastor at another church. Another person. Matter of fact, three people this summer. Just this past summer. I'm sorry. This past year. Everything's summer in Florida. Sorry. I got a little confused. Um, But just this past spring. Three people that have worked under me have become uh, gone into full-time ministry because of that. Three folks. And so that brings a total of like seven or eight. Am I bragging? No. All of these people were people that I could have pitched a fit about because when they left, it was not cool. These were people that were high up in my, in my hierarchy. These were people, my BGMC coordinator, my game gal, um, the people that, that helped me with check-in, the folks that did my worship. These people were leaving because I had try, trained them right. And I'd, I had, God had used me to help them to know that they could handle this. They were ready. They were called. They weren't just somebody that I was dumping my, my load on here. They were people that were doing ministry, experiencing God, and God was leading them on. And who am I? Who am I to stand in God's way, I guess this is just a wake-up call for us. Even if it's some teenager that's bullcrapping through and they're just like, I just feel like I don't want to be, let them go. Let him go. What's more important, the fact that you had a spot filled by someone that didn't want to be there or that that high school kid had a great experience leaving? Because 10 years from that, now, five years, five months, when they want to come back, will they be able to? I was scratching my head and I was kind of like, why did I learn this lesson so well? Why why can I do this? It just seems to be second nature. I guess it's because I truly, I've, I've tested it and proved it. enough times where it's not even a question of faith, it's just simple trust now that I know God's going to handle it. You know, what do they say? Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. You know why? Because it's his harvest field. It's God's harvest field. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. Whose harvest is? This? It's the Lord's. Who sends the workers? God does. Pray to the Lord of the harvest oh man, to send forth laborers, I have always, every single position I've ever prayed for has been filled. People, lately I've been praying uh, for God to fill Juniorville because somebody did step up. Somebody did come together. And it was only after all that happened, I remembered that I was praying um, for some changes in Juniorville. Some things needed to be shook up in there. Little did I know that I had to give somebody away to make that happen. These folks' hearts were leaning somewhere else, and they were ready to go, to ready to move along. And thank God that I get to be a part of that process. Um, anyway, the, the, the point being, uh, God is good, and if you truly trust him – oh, I was thinking about why. <laughs> if you truly trust him, you can follow these things. But I was trying to think about why this, uh, why this is second nature why did I learn this lesson? I can't learn none of the other ones halfway, but I learned this one and I remembered why. Because my mentor, the guy that meant the most to me in my life and still does, David Godbout, who is a uh, a nationally appointed missionary, AG missionary, uh, urban missionary in uh, St. Louis, sitting in a house that's almost right under the arch. Um, Him and his wife, they taught me an important lesson early on. And that was because uh, when I was going to the church that he started at, he came to me. And he says, James, you know, you're gifted, you're skilled, blah, blah, blah. I want you to come work with me. And I told him, no. The man that was going to mean the most in my life. I told him, no. I said, no, I'm, I'm actually thinking about going to another church. I'm going to be a, a worship pastor. And man, I, I had high hopes for that. I was just going to be this worship pastor. I was just going to move a little bit outside of my comfort zone into something else. And I didn't even bother to ask God about it. I was just going to do it because there was some money involved and it was going to be rad. And, and he said, okay, all right, okay. And there was no guilt. I don't remember a single bit of sarcasm. I just remember he, you know, he's like, well, you know, God bless you and all this. And we were going to leave this church, go to another church. I went, I tried out, I did a worship set. It bombed so horribly. I was so nervous. It was so not what I was supposed to be doing. Oh, it was terrible. It's embarrassing to this day. Ugh. Ugh. and the pastor's wife was mean. So Anyway, I got, I got done with that. And I, I, with my tail between my legs, I came back and I was able to. Why? Because the man never shut the door. He never burned the bridge. It was a natural thing. I just came back and said, you know what? I told you that, but I really want to help. And dude, he never looked back. Boom. Before I knew it, I was, I was his right hand man, worked with him for like two or three years. And when he left, he stood up there, um, like no man had ever done before. And he told people about me and how much I meant to him and how good of a friend he considered me. And I'm 10 years his younger. And, it, and I went out and in the hallway and I just beat the wall and just cried because it hurts so bad to be loved that much. Um, I would have missed out on all that if he had burned the bridge. So I believe in this with all my heart. Let people go when it's time. There are seasons for everything. And God, if you trust him and you believe it's his harvest field, if you believe he loves your kids more than you, if if you believe it's his ministry, you just help him with it and he empowers you. If you believe all these truly, then there's a spiritual side to letting people go. It's being a good steward. Okay? Now, if your people are leaving because they hate you, then you're not being a good steward over them and you need to love on them. Uh. But uh, here, here's an example of, you know, I can't always do this for every person that goes because some people, they just kind of slip out. They'll just quit showing up. I hate that. I hate it for them because they don't know. When I say goodbye, I love to say goodbye. Oh, man, I'll bless your pants. I'll, I'll act like you're doing me a favor. That's just how I roll. Some people, they'll just quit showing up, and they'll show up, and then they'll quit. And then I'll hear somebody, you know. And, and other people, you know, I'll get an email, and they'll just not show up. But when people do it right, and they come to me and say, Pastor, I feel like God's calling me away. I'm praying about it, but I'll let you know. I start preparing right away because I'm pretty sure they're going to go. I pray for them, blah, blah, blah. But I've really never had anybody come back and say, You know what? I'm supposed to stay. When God starts troubling your waters, you know, it, it's usually for a reason. Um, But... uh I love to say goodbye to people. I love to honor them and bless them. And when I do that, like today, I'll just give you an example because I don't know what I'm going to do for the next couple that that leaves. But today we had a young lady named Jessica. She is so naturally gifted. I've never in my life met somebody that – I hate to sound stereotypical, but I've never met a pretty girl that – had so much together is this young lady and I and I gotta blame her parents for this because she's gorgeous she's beautiful young lady inside and out and so many times that equals shallow and mean in my ugly opinion because ugly guys we get treated bad by them and I'm just flashing back to high school here and being really transparent um, but she's she's so when All right, if you saw her, you'd think she was very elegant, very put together. But when she gets in front of those kids, she's not dorky, okay? She's just free. And she talks to the kids. She uses voices. When she does something stupid, she'll go, you know, and stuff like that. And I just, oh, I wish there were more people out there that had the natural skills that she has when communicating with children. The kids love her, the girls look up to her because here's this beautiful young lady that 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 is pure and honest and open and and, and but not afraid of herself, not afraid to be a person with a personality, you know what I'm saying? So um so all that being said, it it's just breaks my heart that she's leaving, okay? And, and it's okay to communicate that because you don't want to be like so flippant with it. They're like, why did I even stay? He's so <laughs> eager to get rid of me. <laughs> it ain't like that. I'll tell him, I hate this. I hate this for me, but I love this for you. And, you know, make sure and tell them um, the relationship's not going to change, you know, if you ever need anything, if you if you if you still in this in this case, I you know I, I kind of guess she sees me as sort of a mentor in ministry. I said, you know, if you still need that relationship, it's going to be available. If uh, if you need stuff, if you need advice, if whatever, whatever. The only thing that's changed is your location. The relationship doesn't change. Um, and uh, so what we did is I called her sister. She has an older sister, real close family. I said, okay, you got to help help me out. What's her favorite thing to drink? What's her favorite place to eat? And uh, what's what's her favorite flower? And so we went out and got some gerber daisies. We got a, 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 a gift certificate to um, Chick, uh, not Chick Fil A, because um, it's closed on Sunday. Evil. Uh, <laughs> to it doesn't matter. chilies. and um, then we got um, some Snapple tea, some sort of mango thing, and um, and some Mountain Dew because I wasn't real sure I got the right. Snapple because I couldn't find Snapple mango. All I could find was papaya mango or some frizzle like that. So then I, um, I had her come sit at the front. Oh, oh, by the way, we'd been talking about loving God and loving others. And so she had just gotten through doing her segment, and I had to call her back up. And I said, guys, instead of an altar call today, I want to give you an example of what we mean when we say that if we love God, we'll love others. We're going to love her with the love of God. And we're going to honor her today for her service with us. And I had a bunch of girls line up, uh, fifth and fourth grade girls in the back. And each of them had one of these items. My daughter, uh, kindergartner comes up with her, with the flowers and places them in her lap. And, the, and, oh, oh, I forgot about the most important part. I was going to play just altar music. Cause it would have fit, you know, I have this looped altar music, but right before service starts, I text her sister. I said, Hey, Hey, just had this idea. What's her favorite song? She says, uh such and such waiting for Jesus or something from from the uh fireproof soundtrack, you know, the movie, the Jesus movie. And um <clears throat> with Kurt Cameron and, and a really cool scene with a black girl underneath a burning building. Uh that girl played that dead part amazingly. And I ain't even joking. Uh but anyway, the rest of the movie's not so much. Uh but anyway, so I I had that start to play. The girl, poor thing, she looks up at me like, What are you doing to me? You're about to kill me. And I literally said, I'm sorry because the music starts playing. She sees what's happening. The girls start coming down with the flowers and with the iced tea and with the the, the soda. And it's kind of cheesy, you know, that we're bringing down soda. But, man, you know, it really showed her. We cared about her. We knew enough to, to find out what, what what she loved. And then one of her friends, you know, like her age friends, came down with a card for her at the very end. And uh, we 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 talked about her. I bragged on her to all the kids and just – Built her up, and then we had all the kids come around and pray for her, and then whoever wanted to give her a hug you know hugged her and and she just you know felt honored and loved and you know what if if things don't work out where she's going, where's she coming back to? us and um and if uh if things do go swimmingly and they're amazing and she becomes this awesome children's pastor, <laughs> who's going to be in her book? <laughs> Yay, me, <laughs> so whatever. You know, it's a win-win. And, and if nothing happens, whatever. She goes off and becomes a wife and she works for a lawyer or something. Yeah, who cares? Um, did I do what God would have done? What do I do? Did I do what Christ would have done? Absolutely stinking So, you know, cast your cares on God. And I just want to urge you, when the next person comes up to you and says, I got to leave, you know, don't try to call their bluff. Don't try to mess with them or whatever. Just let them go. And and turn every fear, every worry, every bit of stress into a prayer. And, uh, and just trust that God will do what he says he will do. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. Send forth laborers. And, uh, you know, just don't carry that burden around. Sometimes ministry seems like too big of a burden to bear. And if we believe the scriptures that he will not allow us to carry more than we can, if he won't burden us more than we can carry, if he can't tempt us more than we can, then if we're feeling the opposite of that, then we're carrying more than our share. We're carrying some of his, so you need to cast those cares on him. All right, um, so let 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 some people go. Just a little bit of advice, just a little checkup right there. I ain't nobody, but I hope you I uh, hope you got something out of that. Now, um, let me read something here, Captain Luke. Uh, actually, on our comments from the website, he says uh, it's about time you get these things going. I've been missing you. As a newbie, I rely on any material I can get my hands on, and your podcast has been one of the very best. I've implemented tons of your ideas in my services and I'm hungry for more. So please, please keep them coming. Since you're asking for topics and comments, here's a few. And, and so basically, I'm just going to hit him. I'm going to read off some of the stuff. Some of them are suggestions, and some of them are questions. And, and one of them actually has given me a great idea for topic. And the first, his first one says, I've learned very quickly to keep a first aid kit on hand. And so my next episode, my plan is to go through, and he's very right, by the way. And I want to go through about 10 to 20 things that children's pastors don't think they need until they need it. Another one, for instance, would be uh, that that – that stuff that looks like kitty litter that you clean up puke off the floor. You would never think you need none of that until a kid barfs like 500 gallons right in the middle of your service and it smells so bad you can't continue. Um, Yeah, you need some of that. So we'll talk about some of those things on our next episode. But good good tip, you do need a first aid kit full of Band-Aids. And don't get little cutie kitty ones because they'll – cut themselves on purpose. Not really, but they they will get hurt more often for some reason if there's a cute band-aid. Just get plain ones. Um, How do you deal with an adult volunteer that serves on your church board and in your children's ministry, but they have a rebellious attitude toward you as the head of the department? Lord, Lord, Lord. I would love to answer that right now, but that is deserving of a whole episode. It really is, because I got, I got that in a nutshell. I mean, I got that whole thing. I, that was a f- seven-year process. And um, I'm going to tell you real quick, just pray. Pray that God will turn their heart, because usually those people, they have a very big idea and a very big, big passion for children's ministry. And they usually have a very old-school mentality about how it was and how it should be done. And they just automatically distrust anybody that's new at it, okay? So it's a little unfair, but behind all that is this really, really passionate heart for kids. They may do it completely wrong. They may be mad and burn out. They've seen 50 of you come and go, and every one of you had a different idea, a different way, and he has remained. He has been the standard, so by enlarge in, in his mind, he is the the one faithful, uh, you know thing and and whatever. So imagine all of that passion turned in your favor. That's your vision for that person. Um, pray that God will turn his heart and give you that uh, connection. Or, if God can't change him and you know isn't able to, if that man won't let God change him, pray that pray him off, pray him on, pray him pray him out. That's possible, too. Uh, but I'm going to tell you real quick, I, I'd love to do a whole show on it. We, we probably will because, man, dealing with your enemies in, in ministry, it's, uh, it's the toughest thing you'll ever do uh, besides burying one of your kids. But it is, it is so vital to learn how to handle bad guys. And people that are or or as i learned from axe cop it's one of my favorite comics online axe com. uh they coined the phrase stupid good guys <laughs> there's a lot of stupid good guys too that hurt you just as bad as the bad guys um it, it, by the way axe cop is written by a six-year-old boy and illustrated by his 30-year-old brother and it is genius and it may not be for everyone but it reminds me of the simplicity of and the l- limitlessness of uh of a child's creativity, and it's and and by the way, the authors but and the uh, artists are both Christian folks, so it's awesome people. Anyway, uh, so pray for this guy because if you could turn that raw energy around and use his powers for good instead of evil, it would be a force to be reckoned with. And I did have a success in that area, and uh, it was so worth it. It was so worth it. Uh, number three, how do you handle a situation which you suspect a, a child is being abused at home? You report it immediately you're a mandated reporter even if you uh, uh, you don't have to prove it you don't have to back up any evidence you just have to suspect something's going on and uh you 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 just report it okay now that's the simple answer the complex answer is if it um uh you know you start worrying about people and what they say but we were in a situation in sheffield in kansas city where um my idea of what abuse is changed drastically. Okay. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going to say this, that you have to use a lot of common sense and a lot of God sense. Uh, when you, when you see something like that, if you just suspect you better, in my opinion, and this is not legal advice, so don't take it and pretend I'm not saying this, but, uh, you better be darn sure that the, uh, crap! They're going through at home is worse for them than the system because the system sucks. System is terrible. The system is jacked and it tears families apart, um, and it hurts children. Uh, it has good intentions, but it's run by government employees. Some of them are probably awesome, but a lot of them ain't. And so you better be dang sure before you start me- stirring up some mess that you know that you know that you know that somebody's getting jacked with, okay? That being said, legally, you're supposed to just report it even if you just suspect it. Um, but the other thing is you better make sure um, that uh, – that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say because the rest of it is just my personal stuff and it, it doesn't matter. I I, 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 pro- I believe in protecting kids with all my heart. I really do. Um, I really do, but I do weigh uh, what, is, what is worse, what is worse for that kid because if, if dad is just an idiot once in a while, that's not the same as sexual abuse. It's not the same as if somebody's starving their children or locking them in the dang basement or something like that, okay? Uh, if they have a handprint on their arm because somebody jerked them back out of the street, I'm not going to call on them, okay? I'm not going to call them. I'm going to ask mom. What's the handprint doing on the – on the, oh, well, you know, she, she wouldn't listen to me. She's freaking out and I dragged her to the car. Okay. You know what? I'm cool with that. Kill me if you want to. Quit listening to my podcast if you need to. Um, but to me, that's not the same thing as what abuse actually is, which is when you hate your children and you hurt them because you're in pain. That's what kids need protection from. I'm not going to put a kid in a dang, uh You know what I mean. Okay? So anyway. What do you do? do? That's what I do. Um, I have a policy, um, and it's a big old policy. I don't know. Uh, Look them up online and see what uh, mandated reporter policies are for other churches. Um, But I am the mandated reporter for all of my church, and I take care of it so that my people don't have to. So if I have a, a, a leader come up to me and say, you know what? I need you to check this out. I suddenly am the one that noticed it first. So I protect my people from having to go through all the drama because I, I get paid to do it. So anyway, if you need more of that, we'll we'll probably do a whole episode on this eventually. But number four was, what's a good way to inspire people to want to volunteer to teach in Sunday school? I don't know. If you have any ideas, let me know. Uh, you know, I've done videos, I've done announcements. And, and at the end of the day, the only people that are worth a darn are the people I pray in. And I need people right now. I need people in preschool and I need people in fifth, sixth grade. And I need them bad. I got folks in there, but they're doing double duty. One of them's doing it by themselves, and the other one is doing it just filling in. Um, but I don't know. It seems that Sunday school seems to attract two types of people: really uh, intellectual types that are really smart. I don't know people that believe in Sunday school, and then it seems to attract weirdos. So just uh, don't let the weirdos in. Um, but I, you know, I pray, but I also work hard. And um, I do the, the videos uh, and, the, and the announcements. Um, the other thing is to get your pastor behind it. If he believes in Sunday school, um, when they do adult Sunday schools, just get in sync with adult Sunday school. Uh, craft your, your uh, quarters or whatever around theirs. If they take a break, you take a break. If they have a meeting, you have a meeting with them. And m- merge that whole thing, okay? Even if they're not. Even if it's just adult and you're over kids, make it merge. Just be there. And uh, if they have some leftover teachers that can't teach, dude, the other thing too is tell them, we just want you for three months. You know, give them a, give them a deadline. That'll let people in without because children's ministry is so overwhelming to people. They think they have to do everything. So uh, tell them, no, I want three teachers. I want one of you to do the snack, I want one of you to teach the lesson. And I want one of you to keep track of attendance and offering. And break that job up. And tell them, I only want you for three months. And uh, you're fired after that. And man, that will let people feel free to come in and just give it a little taste. Half the time, they'll renew. Half the time, they won't. But then you're in the meetings again. So you, you get some more people. So anyway, that's my 10 cents. I need to follow that advice myself, but I always – already do the three-month thing because people are so scared of Sunday school because they're afraid you're going to throw them in there and lock the door and not let them out. So anyway, somebody else was asking uh, – Stafford G was asking about the set that I made, and um, I do have some pictures up on helpingmychildrenspastor.com. I'll make sure to link to them in the show notes, uh, the set that I made out of doors, uh, flat panel doors. I'm a big fan of them instead of building your own flats like in the old days. Uh, Go get a six by three foot panel, flat panel door at uh, Lowe's or Home Depot. Make yourself a set. It's awesome. So, I have some more information about that. I hope you guys have a blessed week and a blessed weekend. And uh, uh, by the way, he has a resource um, for dealing with uh, suspected and alleged abuse cases. Check out the resources at www.winningkidsinc.ca. Okay, I haven't checked this out, so that's my disclaimer. But www.winningkidsinc.ca. So there you go. Uh, Until next time, this has been James Kennison, a children's pastor at Suncoast Cathedral in beautiful St. Petersburg, Florida. And uh, God bless you and all you do. And let them people go when they need to go. And uh, God will give you back. Press down, shaking together, running over. Have you ever seen a person in that position? Bleh. God bless. Peace. See ya.